0: A mess. Hi. hi. You got. It. You, is your economizer completely closed off there? Or your outdoor yeah. air completely closed?
1: Yeah. Off? So the other side of that, it you know, could be the other side of the picture you just
2: showed. It, it could be. That was much bigger. Right. But yeah, so essentially, um, this is an outdoor air hood. It's okay. closed off
0: and the, the return air hood is completely open.
2: Yeah. And if you can tell from this picture, it it's a control. relatively brand new unit. Right? It's clean, it's new. So in this case, this little actuator motor right here has a little shaft coming off it, which is attached to this damper right here. This damper is attached through this linkage to this. So when that motor tells that damper to open up, it then opens this and closes that. As you can see, it's 100% closed. So you're out doing a survey and you see a roof full of these units, and you see a bunch of exhaust fans on there, you know, you're know you not bringing in any outside air, that can result in building pressurization issues. So, so
0: every CFM you take out, you got to put a CFM back in. Yeah. That's just how it works.
2: And the intent is this outside air, when brought in properly through a piece of mechanical equipment, it's coming in from outside, it's going through a filter. Right, it's filtering that air. It's going through an evaporator coil, so it's bringing that moisture out of the air, introducing conditioned temperate air into the plane. That's the proper way to bring in air into a facility. Again, that balloon, when that balloon is negative, it's gonna bring air in from somewhere. If it's not through here, it's gonna be through doors, windows, you know, if there's leaks in the roof, it's going to suck that air in, so...
0: But then they go back to the healthy building. So sometimes, <clears throat> most of the time, all the time, a building should be, a unit should be set up with a minimum.
2: It can we spot 10%. Yeah.
0: Seven to, yeah.
2: Which eight. means you should see a little bit of daylight.
0: Right. It's You should have a minimum because a healthy building has outdoor air introduction for us people, since we don't have, since we don't breathe see it too, right? So... You you got want to bring in some form of outdoor air.
2: Yep. Um, another big thing that impacts this is out outdoor air temperatures. If you're up on a roof like this morning, when it's nice, sixty some degrees, it should be up. And you you know you've got a plant force. So you know the equipment's generating heat and the AC units are running. The intent through an economizer and the energy savings piece is is the. The Locknor sensor tells this motor I need to open up, bring in outside air. It's a lot more efficient to condition 60 degree air than it is 70, 75 degree plant air. So, what this unit will be able to do essentially is staging off compressors, still being able to provide that cool air, saving energy, saving wear and tear on those components. Um,
3: That, should, should the actuator at all times have, even if it's not operating, should it have a green light on it at all times or a red light, some kind of light? If there's no light,
2: does that mean it's not working or is that not the case? I, I, I don't know that to be the case on all pieces of equipment. I mean, there are, typically what you'll find is like a little like diagram on here and sometimes it'll have like an LED, like if it's flashing so many times, normal operation, economizing mode, whatever. Um, but the big picture here is you 100% closed. Now, if you have a picture of an exhaust fan that's running, take those pictures by right, right next to one another. So you've got all this air coming out. You don't have any air coming in. So this is costing you energy. It's introducing humidity to your facility, which, yeah, we've already hopefully identified some of the potential problems. So now you're thinking about, hmm, humidity's been a problem this building. How do I build my story? How do I show them what we do can solve those building issues? If we're having a conversation, you know about, you know, oh well, this this little motor here may not be running, and that's a two hundred dollar part or whatever else. We're with the wrong guy.
3: There's also the opposite effect. I've got a nursing home that I'm working on right now that they've got six makeup air units that are when Tony, our technician, went and looked at it with me, he's like, this is why they have all these humidity issues is because all six of these are wide open and running all the time. And there's no regulation, like no control of all these. And so her office is super humid. Mm -hmm. And you walk into the memory care facility and it's just like a heat wave of humidity. It's because they're bringing in all this hot outside air all the time. And it's just not, nobody's, their current provider, local mom-and-pop HVAC guy it doesn't know how to dial those in correctly.
2: Yep. And that and that's, you know, a, a great point. When you're walking a building, you've always got to be paying attention. When I first walk into the building, the first thing I do is I do that. Because if this building is positively pressurized, when I do that, I'm going to feel air in my face. Mm. If it's negative negative, I open it, I'm going to feel air coming in. Are you inside or outside Feeling that. I'm outside. That's inside. Okay. And it's just gonna be an exterior, any kind of building. Um, it's just, again, it's just a, those habits. You know, you just kind of you're building habits. We're creating those habits. You're you walking around. You're feeling. If I walk in this part of the plant, does it feel like more wet, more humid? Because what you, you're taking mental note of this. So then you you experience that. Now you're doing the survey. Okay, I got to figure out why it's doing this. How do I get my pictures? to share my story that is gonna impact that building. So what we're looking at here is this is the opposite, right? This part is called an outdoor air, louver. That's my return air. This is pulling from the facility. This is pulling from outdoors. In this case, it's 100% outside, zero return. So if you experience a building, it's super positively <laughs> pressurized, or it's really humid, um, that could be impacting them. Mm -hmm. If it's outside, if it's a 90 degree day, they're paying money to cool off 90 degree air on the roof. They're taxing that equipment by trying to remove all that moisture out of there. Those filters are getting plugged up quickly, so they're probably becoming more strain on those fans, they're trying to draw that air through that equipment.
0: But that would be on a standard piece of equipment. I'll make sure that again, the younger folks in here, if the unit's designed for 100% outdoor air, I'll be taking pictures and going, now this isn't right," because it might be right, right? So, unit units a dedicated outdoor air system. So, yeah, it, it, a and lot and of buildings it, that have a lot of exhaust fans are going to yeah, have to. You some can DOAS see units. this;
2: yeah. it does have a return. So, again, now if it's a if it's a 50 degree day. I'd expect to see that, and that would be great. And you can tell them you're saving energy now because these are working properly. If, if and when these don't, don't work right, this is what impact it's going to have. And we've got in our customer book what economizers can save us in energy.
0: So and how notoriously unreliable they are.
2: Yep. A big thing to look at during the surveys. You see this little screw right here. Everyone see that? This is a linkage. This linkage is what is attached to the actuator motor and what connects both sets of louvers. When this this actuates and drives and it pulls this louver closed, this linkage is what closes the other one. So over time, those screws get loose. So even though that thing actuates, that shaft just slides up and down from that. Meaning it's not actuating, it's not driving those uh, those dampers. So if you get pictures of these linkages disconnected, you got scratch marks of where that shaft has just been, you know, or if these are bent, you know, a lot of times if they jam up, they'll bend and they'll drive. You know it's not working right.
1: Mm.
3: Is that any questions with that? Yeah, I've never looked at those. That's good. Most of the time you see
1: them if y'all got if you're looking at this and you're going over in your mind that kind of makes sense but i'd like to know a little bit more about that right now is the time you know for us to be asking well, those kinds of
4: questions the only thing that i'm wondering so an economizer is really a load of bulldog i mean at, at the end of the day because no. they never worked like they're supposed to
0: they're long. notoriously unreliable but when that they, but they're designed to be uh, but when they work and they work they
1: well create efficiency if they're doing
2: so right. what we typically find is when you're bringing in a lot of outside air it takes more for that equipment to condition that space over time other things impact that unit's ability to condition properly. Coils get dirty blower wheels get dirty belts get wrong size, where so you don't get the right air flows. And so what happens is those units kind of lose some of their capacity. So if it's rated for 20 tons, you may only be getting 15 tons. So, so but like one of the places you can start on the units here, I usually
0: start at the coil, but sometimes you can start here. And I do that on occasion, if there's a lot of units with a lot of economizers. If you find them disconnected, mm-hmm. most of your as he calls them, chucking the trucks or whatever, yep. you're, you're smaller or less experienced air conditioning contractors. If you go behind a trainer, you go behind a high-quality mechanical HVAC company, you're not going to find this. But if you go behind some people that aren't as quality, I know why you're getting all hot in the building. Just because you're bringing in all this outdoor air. And they shut it off, right? Yep. They shut off all the outdoor air. Mm. And instead of cleaning the coil and cleaning the fan wheel and making it do what it's supposed to do, Right. We shut off all this outdoor air. We'll solve all your problems. Well, yeah, you
2: do for a short period of time,
0: but but then you've but now but now your building's negative, and so
2: and, and now they're and it's them. causing other building problems. Yeah. Right, I mean, you got to look at what season
1: it's in, yeah temperature outside, and all that kind of yeah. thing. It's,
2: I think. That, but the, would, would the, we
4: advise somebody to to put an a on the roof? Like they're, so they're, there. they're they're there, they're there. I understand they're there. But like selling on new units, or just like a project, just like they needed to be, you know, right size for something. They got a certain type of unit. Would we advise somebody to put an economizer?
0: On the oh, it's, it's code now. You replace a unit over ten tons; it has to be the a ten tons. The room company was having an economizer. It has to be because
2: you, Cause you, cause you okay. need the outside air because of the air quality. Well, an efficiency oh. thing because the intent of an economizer ultimately is to save energy. Perfect. Perfect. because. I mean, we're not really, you know, in the best region to take full advantage of these economizers because we do have, even though sometimes when it's when it's comfortable, when it's cooler outside, the humidity is still kind of high, so we still got to draw that moisture out. But the intent, overall, is to be able to improve the efficiencies by cooling down cooler air than what's in the building.
1: In your area, territory-wise, the environment is going to be very similar to... Can't you yeah, know, from a coastal standpoint. Oh
2: yeah, within oh, that time. When these are come pulling in all outside air on the coast, that salt
3: right. kills those. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I think what he's saying, uh well, it sounds to me like they're not BS. This is just a a very highly percent chance you're gonna find an issue with this. It's either too much or too little or broken or not working. Like right. this is a hot spot yeah. to find an issue with the overall building.
4: Yeah, and I, I understand that. I just for, and then now it's code. I understand now why they have to have it. But I mean, from what I was here, and I was like, I mean, if I had a two hundred thousand square foot facility or whatever, the last thing I'd want to do is put an economizer up here with all the potential problems and stuff that you could have. Well, you, you can have problems with them, but
0: the you, definitely them have, you definitely want them to have. You definitely want them to have an economizer, like Kent was saying. You got. It. Late off, late o- late October to mid March, to March. You, you've it? got you an in that you've night. got opportunities for your economizer to yeah. work. Today is sixty four degrees. So you'll uh-huh. so be There's up actually be base, you kinda box, yeah.
2: kind of can see kind of the control wires, but there's actually you know some enthalpy kind of controls on here that tells you what the outdoor temperature is. So this thing knows: do I need to be open or closed? to maximize because it knows what's, how do I maximize the efficiencies? So it's gonna actuate based on outdoor air temperature, sometimes humidity based on how it is, building pressurization to where all of a sudden, if, if now you know, you've got more exhaust fans on and if it's got that capability of knowing the building is now negative, it'll actually actuate those to draw those open. But the more complex the equipment is that we're looking at, the more probability of finding problems. And this is where I was showing earlier how these linkages are attached. Um, See how this, in this case, see how this one's closed and that one's open. Mm -hmm. So another great opportunity, you've got five units on the roof, same temperature, same thing. You look at every one of them. If, 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 If all of them are one shape and the other one's different, take a picture of that. You know, they, theoretically, they all should be doing about the same thing. Hmm. So
1: that's a good question, you know, because, that, and that's why we wanted to present this information. Those are the kinds of things that you're not going to just get, you know, day to day in an office. And then setting like this is where we want you
2: to be able to answer those kinds of questions. Yeah. When you're doing a survey, take a lot of pictures. Even if you don't get it, or you like, I don't know what that is, take a picture of it. Hey, Kent, here's a picture of something. You know, uh, um, you know, in your office, you know, and um, Chris, you know, Chris knows what all this stuff is. Hey, hey what what am I looking at here? A, Wait, technician,
0: is, it, a technician is is great to have a look at, like a Chris. Yeah,
2: absolutely. yeah. Explain to me why this isn't what I'm looking at. Why this is an important, kind of thing. But again, what what we're looking at is not the mechanics of it all, but we're looking at the cost impact to the person. So, you See another one. All right, so, sorry. So this is a, just a, a rooftop exhaust fan. Okay. Mushroom type fan. Yeah, you just take the couple screws off the top, <laughs> pop it off. A lot of times what I'll do is I'm walking a roof underneath here where you can see it open that's where the air exhausts out so i just always feel you know hey i hear it on do i feel air a lot of times when you'll feel it's really cold air because you know it's it's dumping out conditioned air right Um, but you hear it squealing take it off you know if you've got 15 of these fans and belts are loose they're not they're not pulling out the air that they're designed to exhaust so if you've got so these exhaust fans that aren't really running right you go you go to the economizers and they're hundred percent open now you're building. now you may be actually over pressurized the building
3: mm-hmm.
2: which, which means you're spending a lot more energy conditioning more outside air than the building is, can do um, and in some buildings when you're over pressurized based on the area um, you know, you, you go to every outside air when you have all that condition air coming out, it's energy leaving your building. That's
3: money coming out of your building. Glad you're talking about these because somewhere in, in some training or something, I heard somebody say that they, a lot of times, suggest that they leave the, the mushroom fans out of it. Thank you. Out of the quote because it drives up the cost. Mm-hmm. But I'm dealing with a property manager now that that's, they gave me all these equipment lists for like 40 buildings, and there's exhaust fans on each one of them, you know? And I'm like, well, do you want the? At first, I mentioned to the, the younger lady that I'm working with, not the main decision maker, do you guys want these quoted or not? Uh, and, I, and I haven't, I, I was leaning toward leaving them off because I thought it, it would unjust Unjustly raise the price of our quote. What kind of buildings are there? Um, uh, office buildings and so uh, there some restaurants. Fans, be like that, yeah. restaurants, and things. But you certainly need the for fans to work. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and so, so the prices are not when you put them in price builder. The prices are not out of the. It'll put one hour a year on. Out that. of alignment with what we should 2 be. thirty thirty-minute visits per so, yeah, good to and, know.
2: and and typically what what I'll do is if there's a lot of exhaust fans, that helps. The you only we gotta ones. do it once or twice a year. Yeah, yeah. When I manually when I manually
0: price stuff, I'll on smaller ones, I'll have our guys touch them twice mm-hmm. because those tiny little belts they they, yeah. tend, they tend to get wonky. But the big giant ones, you touch them once a year. It's very
3: helpful. Thank
2: you. Yeah, because again, especially you know some of these fans.
3: Key point: don't leave them know, out. They're, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> get a lift to them,
2: right? If they're if they're in a big warehouse. Shit, they're 30 feet in the air, and you gotta take this big cage off them, and some of them have, you it's know. certainly ask in an industrial
0: plant, do you want us to or not? Because lots of times in these industrial plants, it will drive your price of your agreement really high, and um, lots of times they have maintenance staff in-house that will do exhaust fans. Gotcha. Because their exhaust fans the are the extra- very, well, they're very straightforward. It's a motor and a pulley, as you can see. Uh-huh. There's nothing technical about an exhaust fan. And so if they've got staff, they can handle yeah. it. But in an office building, you always wanna go ahead and put those on there because they mm-hmm. don't have anybody that can go do them. We're, we're, we're
2: their
3: guy, very helpful.
2: Yeah, and, w- and whether or not I include the fans or not, I'm always looking at them during my survey because that's gonna help me build my store. <laughs> because this directly coincides with the air conditioning equipment. So right here, what do we see here?
0: You want your you, you definitely want your, your, your pulleys and your shivs to be like this. It's always good for the belt to have to yeah, run up Yeah, You want that
1: belt to work. <laughs> <laughs> to well, the pulleys uh, are out of line. Right? Put,
0: putting yeah, them in, in the line, those but those that's what we're up. saying, Charles. You want your belt to have to go uphill like yes. that. It makes it it makes S it more effect. it makes it more fun for the belt. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what, dude. Don't don't take so, do so take the, the fun off. off. Yeah. So <laughs> so
2: ultimately you see the belt here, right? It's one of cracked. And off. Um, it probably
0: popped off because of the way it's
2: you, you look and, and essentially um, you know this is the drive motor shaft you know this is the shaft that, that turns the cage that's your motor so this has to be adjusted to where that's in direct alignment to where that belt will run good and when that when all that is done and it's working well it should last a year. You shouldn't really touch it again for another year.
0: Yeah take, take 15 to 20 minutes to go through the TB Woods catalog if you don't have one, you should.
1: That's the one that you provided, or somebody gave I, you. The I, one and like if that. you
0: need some, I think I have a box of them in my office. Yeah. TV Woods makes is, is probably the number one belt provider in the country. Yeah. And they have a catalog, and you can look in there and see, and it explains for air conditioning belt
2: condition tensions, use. alignment, yeah, things all, like that. all the so, stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's important we're having a conversation. Oops, sorry, they were talking about, yes, you know, it's misaligned, belts off, whatever else. You know, their customers are thinking, okay, well, a five dollar belt and that's fixed. Well reality is is this right here is affecting the building. Yeah, you know, you're 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 essentially having to have a unit run a lot longer to compensate for this because of now all this, you know, air is just coming in and out of everywhere in the building. So
3: Yeah, I think that the the key there for the business case is I used to kind of glaze over the belts and just say, yeah, we'll align your belts and change the belts every year. But but what I'm hearing is I need to dive into the cost of it's causing the other units to work overtime and it it's affecting the positive and negative pressures. That five dollar major part and hundred dollars a
2: year. There you go. There you go. And it's
1: just one fan. All
2: right. All right, so looking at this different kinds of equipment, again, you see something, take pictures of it, whatever, this is kind of a, uh, a lab type unit to where you've got, you know, power exhaust, you've got outside air, you've got different type of filtration. So you go up to a, a building, you see equipment like this, you know, hey, you know, they got some critical stuff. cha Yeah, they've got critical stuff. So they've got... You know, continually, this is actually exchanging the airs. So, and when
0: them two story there, when them there two story units, you know,
2: you got something going on. Yeah, <laughs> especially you can fit inside of them. and walk so, yeah. in. say there's a chance. Yeah. And so, you know, when you see something like this on a roof, you, you typically can't just go open stuff up. And you also, it. you recognize when you walk
0: up to something like that that's that nice. You know, it's a double wall panel, not. You just took the your marketplace, and now you and two other people, maybe, if that, have capabilities to 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 work on a piece. Of All those control. residential folks won't touch that. That, right. So you just took your marketplace down. So now 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 you've you've really gotten to the professional category. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. You know, when you when you when you see things like these, the, the thing we've taken note of is obviously, you know, air. And conditioning is very critical, of whatever this area serves. So you can see this is kind of an isolation area in a building. So this space is kind of a separate environment than the other part of the building. So if you've got things happening in other parts of the building, like buildings being positive or negative, odds are that's probably impacting this area too. And those are so the more of the story, right? You're getting picked with other stuff. Say, so, you know, that could be impacting this, and then you're you're tithing into to more of the costs and things like that. But I encourage everybody to take a lot of pictures. Even though you're up there, you don't really think it's important, take a picture of it, sit down with your service manager, um, and just kind of walk through, hey, what can I be looking at here? And if you gotta go back to look at something, do that.
0: This isn't like when Kent and I started and you had 32. You had 30 to 32 pictures that you could take. You had to be very, very particular. Yeah. Now your cell phone, you can take 332 mm-hmm. in five seconds and, and still have 3 million left to go, right? So you can take as many as you want. That's probably a six to $800,000 install right there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So again, the knowing what you've got on the roof Really aids in your conversation with the guys that you're speaking with. If you got some trained Voyager units on the roof that are single wall and just off the shelf units, well, you're you're in the category with a lot of folks, and your conversation is different. That piece of equipment there was that a Seasons Four? That's a Nike. Okay. Oh well. Wow. So. But still that installs probably between five and $800,000 once it's all installed. So now you're having a conversation on a completely different level.
2: Um, But important, and you can't really see it over on this side but that actually, that that stainless steel pipe, um, that's actually tied into two big exhaust fans. So you wanna make sure you include those exhaust fans when you're getting all the information off the equipment because that directly affects that this unit's operation and you see this little filter bank here what you're looking at here when you see that those that rubber plastic whatever tubes going in that's measuring pressures hmm. so i've got a picture of one here but they'll they'll be somewhere in here there'll be a display this that's a magna helix gauge what it's doing is it's telling us what is our inches of water column, pressure drop across those filters, which tells you when they gotta be replaced. So again, when you're doing a survey, they got a lot of these, take pictures of them. Are they all about the same? They're all measuring, you know, three, three and a half, whatever, they're all consistent, probably pretty good. You got one at three, one at five, one at one. Hmm, there could be some story there. More uh, Moran side economizers. Um, you can see here, this one obviously has got a little bit of rust on it. A big thing also to look at when you're looking in these cabinets, you see here those wires are all nicely zip-tied and, and they're all in play. A lot of times during installation these installing contractors are very... throw shit in there and they get pretty sloppy. You'll see these wires draped over the top of, of the, uh, the louvers, whatever else. Well, as those things actuate, it can actually bind up those wires. Um, causing problems and things like that. So you want these rooms to be nice and, and clean. Um, again, it pulls a wire. It actuates. It rips the wire out of there. You know, that can cause that to stop working. Um, here's, here's another time unit. Now, this is, a, this is actually a, a DOAS unit. So this unit here only brings in outside air. The DOAS is a dedicated outdoor air system. So this only provides supply air to condition a space. It's pulling in everything here outside. So outdoor air filters is very important. Um, Indoor air filters are very important. Yeah, realize there's gonna be different levels of filtration probably in, in this type of a unit. So, make sure you're capturing that Um, on maintenance pricing. And
0: sometimes they'll have multiple sets of coils in there, depending if this is a lab type environment or if you're going into a paint booth type environment. You'll have a cooling coil and then a reheat coil. And the reheat coil is going to be there to, or it might have an enthalpy wheel. It could have all kinds of fun stuff in it. These things are. They have basic units that, like the Aon units, are on top of um, hotels all the way up to Thermotex and other brands that are higher end that have reheat coils to to dehumidify. Yeah. Cooling only dehumidifies a little bit, and then reheat will. So some you can take 100% outdoor air, yank it to 40 45 degrees, and then reheat it back up to 55 and and supply, you know, dew point air of 12 to 18 grains.
2: So all of that information is on your day nameplate take a picture of the nameplate if you can't look at it well zoom in on it, it's going to tell you if it's got reheat, it's going to tell you if it has an an enthalpy, an an ERV wheel, because there's a motor attached to that with the horsepower that's going to be Um, it'll obviously tell you the compressors, I mean, you know, nameplates is going to be the the main source of all your information if you come across that and you're not able to open it up so you're not able to get the filter sizes you've got to ask
0: Uncle Google's a great thing
2: yeah, finding out. Hey, do you have a filter list? We know it with the frequency that is all those adds you know, to the cost of the agreement. Um, <laughs> this here is a Greenheck outside air, outside air hood. So the purpose of this piece of equipment is to replace exhaust air. So anytime you've got exhaust hoods, um, you're getting that air has got to be. Mm-hmm. This is actually a hotel, but yeah. Um, this is bringing in 100% outside air. So essentially all this particular unit has is this an outdoor air kind of screen, it's got their kind of filter and a fan. In um, a lot of cases now what we're seeing is they're actually putting in cooling coils in these systems. So like captive air is, uh, is very common to see. And so in there you're gonna see a condensing unit and in there you're just gonna see an evaporator coil. So you gotta make sure you change changing that filter frequently that cool, that coil's gotta stay clean. So the intent is is we're not conditioning the air that's coming in. We're tempering the, the air.
0: Knocking the nasty
2: we're out We're just trying to draw some of that moisture out and just trying to keep it 70, 75 degrees. And when you see that in place, you have to understand that you know if that's air conditioner if that's not working, the odds are you're, they didn't size the other equipment to overcompensate for that warmer air coming in the building. What do you mean we're tempering it as
3: opposed to conditioning it?
2: So when you, whenever you're looking at conditioning a space, that it's, it's based on the design parameters. So let's say you're trying to maintain 70 degrees on a 98 degree air day. It means the air coming in is probably about 50 some degrees. Okay, because it's got to actually cool that space. When you're tempering a unit, an area, you're preventing it from getting warmer by the introduction of outside air. You're, you're try just trying to keep it neutral.
0: No, you're knocking the you're knocking the stupid out of the air. It's so 100 degrees outside, and you just want to supply 75. Yeah, it means you're
2: not relying on that unit to to cool the space. You're just relying on
3: that unit not to have that outside oh, yeah. air making it worse. And it would just do that differently by not going through a coil, but it would capacity. But right it may only need three tons of air conditioning to
2: provide. Paint a picture for him, like a like like in a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Commercial kitchen.
0: You got you got the exhaust hood over the grill and then right beside it you got a makeup unit. That makeup unit usually is unconditioned out there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what you see sometimes is they turn off that exhaust fan, and then you're supplying hundred degree outdoor air into the restaurant and you know restaurants are never sized 100% right unless you go into Jimmy John's which is always 12 degrees but um well why is that by the way but anyway so so you're supplying all that 100 degree outdoor air Now he's talking about this is now you're starting to see people throw a coal in there and they'll supply 80 degree air 78 degree air that way if it if it does get out of balance of some some sort it doesn't affect the entire restaurant yeah, you
2: got to dump all that heat in the space. So your source of cooling is now different than what it would be if it's just pure outside air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It goes into building design. So again, you don't have to be an engineer to do it, but you got to be able to pick up, hey, you know what? This fan was running. It was hot outside, but that compressor wasn't running.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That's not right. There's a problem. Um, this is kind of that magnet that I was talking about earlier. This is telling us what pressurization is happening across different sets of filtration. Um, Again, you just got to take pictures and know they've got critical stuff. So when you see this, and this is going to kind of lead into some of our next discussion is going to be about the provisions page in the agreement. If they've got multiple stages of filtration, we got to know how we're going to cover that under our agreement. If it's got pre-filters, if it's got final filters, um, you see, HEPA, we never include HEPA filters under our contracts.
0: Or final filters, for that matter. Yeah. And I always write anything, and I can pull up
2: the and I can send we, you... We're going one. over all that. So. I can send you over what I put in mine, but yeah, it's... Yeah, you see this kind of stuff? Make note of it. This is stuff... Does, there, does, does everybody understand why we don't do that? So? No. I don't. Okay, so... HEPA filters, final filters are very expensive, okay? Some areas require certification after you change them based on pressurization, things like that. The biggest part is is typically they'll last longer than a year. If you've got pre-filters, you got midstream filters and final filters, it's capturing just the smallest of micron particulates. Therefore, it's gonna last longer. That's why they have these type of measurements this tells you when they have to be replaced, not a schedule. Or they need to be changed more frequently. Yeah, we just
0: don't. You never you know. You don't know. There's you never just... know. It could be six months. It could be 24 months. Yep. you don't know when your finals are going to need to be changed. That's right. Or any 12-inch box filter. It didn't even have to be a. It doesn't even have to be a HEPA. It can just be a 12-inch box filter. Or a bag. You don't know how frequently you change bags or, or twelve-inch box filters. Yeah.
2: Eighteen-inch box filters. Other thing, when you see stuff like this, and especially in lab units, you always want to ask, what's what's the process for being able to shut this students down? How frequently can we shut this stuff down? During maintenance, we've got to shut stuff off, right? If that has to be done after hours, if that has to be done on the weekends, we got to know that because we gotta let our service managers know, hey guys, we can only service this unit after hours or on the weekends. Who knows what that is? Side f- like f- a dirty f- finger. Scroll fence. <laughs> so when we look at the air side of the system, units are always designed to provide so much airflow, right? We're looking at here is that's a that's a forward curve fan blade in a in a squirrel cage. Over time, especially when you're introducing a lot of outside air, a lot of dirty air, those 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 fins get dirty. Well, when those fins get dirty, they don't provide the, the as much airflow. So this essentially is probably you know 15 percent less air than what it's designed to do. So when you've got a building where you've got bringing in outside air, exhausting air, you know, these units are designed to provide so much air to a space. A lot of units that start having these problems, that's no longer the case. Wasting a lot more energy, putting more wear and tear on the equipment. Um, those components, the compressors, you know, all those things are going to run a lot harder, a lot longer to, to provide the space. Ken, talking to your service department, do they actually clean these four fan blades?
1: Because I my understanding
2: is that I mean it can be a multiple hour process and we're, it is. we're not doing it, it. Well, it has to you we have to let the service managers know when we're pricing this stuff up. If we come across fifty units like this, you know what, we gotta address it. We need to include during the first PM and we're doing we're having a conversation with the customer, like we don't want to have to include extra time every year because we, this is not an annual right. type of a PM, right? This isn't typical. It takes a lot of years to get to this condition. So we may have some additional upfront expenses to get your stuff in good working condition, and from that point, it's to prevent it. But they're responsible for that, Right. Who's today. getting it up to
0: working conditions clients? Well, no, that's part of, supposed well, to be part of our initial PM. So, this, so that's this where the conversation's got to
2: happen. But when when there's special scenarios, Excessive. Right? Excessive. Think about it also like if it's a production, so there's a lot of grease. And, you know, the return grates are just cake with grease. You know, we really got to pull that stuff to clean it to get our airflows out. Now, when, we're, when we've got a good filtration plan in place, that's not a recurring part. So this could be something you got to cover in the provisions page. That,
0: that comes with experience, right? So if you're if you're a younger guy and you come across some pictures that are just abnormally dirty, you should probably have a conversation with your service department. That's right. And even as a more experienced guy, I will take stuff and go, all right, so what do you think it's going to take for us to do these things, even though... Well, sometimes we'll price it and they still won't do it but it, you put in extra time right yep. and, and you sell it I, I like to go sell it on the front side because it does look bad that you come back and it, sometimes you have to go back on the back side and if you have a good service guy do your startup uh, they write it up and go hey abnormally long time right just can't get all this done Yep. And then you go back to the customer and go, okay, we can get this done over the course of two years in normal PMs. So There's going to be two years. Or we can bill you now 80 yep. hours worth of, worth of time to come back in here and get some of the stuff done. So so you put it back on the customer to have that conversation. But
2: to that point, it's a lot better to have that conversation <laughs> right here, right now, versus after you get done with the PM and say, oh, by the way, we're going to need to do this extra stuff. So you, if you're you're preempting say, listen there's been years of neglect of this equipment. You know, this is costing you money and it's gonna cause you to replace that piece of equipment. So it's not gonna be every year, we gotta sit here and pull these whole blower assemblies and clean them and sanitize them or whatever else. But what, we, what we'll what we do is we'll provide you an additional upfront proposal to go ahead and take care of that, knowing it's not gonna be needed. And
0: who are the guys that complain about doing those, generally they're smaller ones. The bigger ones, you can drill a hole in the bottom of them, and wash them with, with the water hose, yeah. and the guy and, and 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 some of your older technicians will know that you can you can drill a half inch hole in the bottom of it, and then put a pita plug in it when they get done, uh-huh. um, and they can get in there and wash those down whenever yeah. they're washing soles. The smaller ones are the ones that are an issue because you can't really get in there, and you can't drill a hole in the bottom of it because it connects back to the bottom side of the duck. So yeah.
2: The key is, we see this kind of stuff, we've got to communicate with the service managers. Yeah, you know, we can't set our service department up for failure because of this kind of stuff that we were aware of. That's why you look at the booking package, are there pictures included? That's why we want to make sure that Yeah,
3: we're I ran into a situation at uh, RNDC that I just sold recently, it's like 15,000 for a G, and the photos were horrendous, you, you saw them. Uh, and those fans were like literally half an inch thick of junk over 10 years that had accumulated. Um, It was supposed to be like 16 hours on the initial PM. Our guys spent like 60 and we have to present a spot quote to clean those fans because they're so, so bad. Um, And I was asking the tech, Hey, did you see my photos about those?" He's like, I never saw any photos. There's like a, a, in my opinion, I took all the time to t- take all these photos, and there's a lack of disconnect. There's a disconnect well, between showing the, show and the photos. Okay, you yeah. got
2: to work with Mike on that, and that's part of the culture. That's well, part of the well, and, and transferring of information, having an in house startup meeting with your operations department. You're showing the pictures, you're talking about these things. Because all these things should have been talked about also before the pricing. When you're submitting pricing, you've got to bring this up. Say, listen. This stuff's in pretty bad shape. Here are some pictures. You know, I think we probably need to address um, some potential extra cleaning time on the forefront. And because you've already, you've already like, you know, you're gonna have a verification meeting, right? So then you can know you're talking to the customer. Based on the current condition of this, we're gonna have to do some additional cleaning. You know, but here's what it's costing you by not doing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well. I- and I found, I've sold, I've done that a number of times over the course of time. Again, I've done it more than a day. And so I found customers are more impressed that you're bringing that to them on the front side mm-hmm. than they would be on the back in, side. yeah, on the back side, or just not bringing it up at all and just not doing it. Because more often than not, the guys just don't do it and, and then they don't even say anything about it. So you're, at least you're fortunate with your customer that they spent 60 hours to make sure everything got done so
1: that can oh you got a point where we can take about 10 minutes you want to finish this section before you go can into we the finish night? the section
2: yep yep Are you want it for a break
1: for, for a 10 minute break but then also I want to talk to him about lunch options but you can go yeah. ahead and finish what you're um doing.
2: Th- this is an ERV I don't know if I get, I know I've got some more But oh it's
0: rough
2: um yeah. So let me get to this. You went and
0: took a picture out of the laydown yard.
2: <laughs> yeah. So so essentially these are ERVs, energy recovery ventilator. The purpose of these systems are that are to ventilate buildings by saving energy and doing it at reduced energy cost. And what we're looking at here is obviously this is the the doors that have been opened up, but. Air in this case is going through two different ways, okay? Um, Pre-filter here, air is coming in through this side, the, the front side of this wheel, and then as air is coming back out, going through a filter, going through that side of the wheel outside the building. When you open these panels up, those wheels should be turning relatively slowly, okay? The way this improves efficiency is when you've got, in this case, let's say you've got the outside, air. right here, you've got inside air, conditioned air, cool air from the building being ventilated out, that air comes out. That cool air cools the surface of this media, okay? So that side is cool. So as it rotates into the outside air part, here you've got hot outside air coming in, So that hot outside air then goes through a cooler media so it kind of tempers that air coming in. Because of, in this case, the air is blowing through it this way, in this case, the air is blowing through it that way, it's considered (laughs) a self-cleaning media, okay? Any dirt that's coming in from the outside on this surface as it blows back through this side, it should be blowing it back out. When these units are continually operating, these wheels shouldn't need to be cleaned. On our maintenance agreement, we don't cover cleaning these wheels, okay? We gotta make sure we, we write that in our provisions page. We address it for that purpose. What the reality is, is these systems are a lot of maintenance. Okay, so what happens typically is there's a big belt that's around that big wheel that attaches to the little motor that turns it. When that belt breaks, this wheel stops. When this wheel stops, it it no longer is self-cleaning. So all that, the part of the wheel that's bringing the outside air, all that dirt comes in and collects on that media. At that point, that media probably has to be replaced. So that's Part of the discussion, when we're having a discussion with the prospect of, you know, these things have got to be working because they're they're there to save energy. When we're bringing in the outside air, and if that's going through a, a solid block of media, it's all caked up, no longer is the airflow that's coming in matching our airflow that's going out. That's when the building becomes a little bit cattywampus as far as pressurization goes.
3: So you're saying if we have that piece of equipment, though, and we're... Have a G contract on it, a, a full coverage, and uh, in the price builder it says empathy will. You click it. You click yes. Uh, if it needs replacing in four years, we're not going to cover that. We don't it. cover that. No, correct. That's confusing. Not really. It's like a coil. But we don't
0: cover. We don't cover coils. It's very similar to a coil. You can't. I
2: don't have any moving parts per se. Yeah,
0: yeah it's not it, a mechanic. It's, it's not a mechanical, a, mechanical part. It, it's a stationary part. It, it,
2: it's a. It's a. Piece, piece of it's a, you know, it's a piece of the the cabinet of the of the thing. I see. For two reasons, one, it's a big cost to replace this. Okay, if and it, if it doesn't have to be, you know, done every year, it doesn't make sense to include all the cost in that agreement. If there's a good chance it's not needed,
4: how common is it to sleep
2: one? Where do you see those most of the time? Where these are becoming a lot more common okay. because they can allow you to ventilate space more
3: efficiently. Nursing home, a hotel, maybe. Yeah.
2: yeah, it's whenever you've got building exhaust fans and you've got outdoor air fans, this is a lot more efficient option. Are these often for dehumidification? Um. There there may be I don't I don't know if, if I mean, typically demification you gotta go through a, a mechanical cooling part of it. Now I will say you will find these in DOAS units, you will you will find these in conditioned equipment. You will also find these in strictly just exhausting makeup air exhausting air. So we'll look when you're in a price builder, when you go in to look at a package unit, you look at a DOAS unit under options this is always in there so when you're looking at equipment uh, you know and they've got this there's always a motor here and you're always looking for other filters because there's always filters coming on the top side there's filters coming on the bottom side
3: even though it's moving it's not a movable part
2: now you know, there's there's big bands, there's belts, or the motor, or thing like you know, the others. There's things that we do take care of from a maintenance standpoint, uh, but the replacement, the replacement and cleaning of that media is not covered. And in your agreement, in the provisions page, you got to spell it out. Yearly wheels, cleaning and replacement is not included in the agreement. If it's a big deal, they okay, say, so you know what, want that included. You get your service manager, you talk about it, you find out what you got to include, and you spell it out in the provisions
3: page. It's very important, because those things are like $5,000 or so on some, right. some of them. That's right. Very expensive. to more like, than that,
2: right? It depends. There are like, wheels yeah, that are... They just so the run. part.
3: Just yeah. the piece. Just like, the and and then 5000 to price install it. Yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's... Some of them, you can actually just replace... You know sections, so it's a little bit easier. Some of them you'll see that it's all in a big track. You got to pull the whole damn thing out, and you got to get the whole thing out of there. It's going it take a long time to get it to get it out. Yeah, you can see here. So this is kind of the uh, we've been through it all. We you know these are all the, the big things. um there is this a If you you know, you see this a lot, and you go to big mechanical rooms. You'll see extra pulleys mm. on here. Look at them. Pay attention to it because. The pulleys and diameter of that is directly affects the airflow the smaller the pulley the farther the, the, the faster the rpms the bigger pulley and so a lot of times if buildings are having pressure problems they'll go in here and change these pulleys out to 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 correct those issues if somebody really doesn't understand that part of it and they see a pulley that's you know more they they put one back in and they put the wrong size pulley in that can create problems Um, coils being impacted, air can't get through that. Filters that are dirty, air can't get through that.
3: So, good. Good. Great. Break. 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 All right, so we're going to take
1: about ten minutes, and um, if anybody, um, we're prob- we're going to try to close up between 12 o'clock.